0: Thank you for your ministry, Kathy Ann. God bless you. Well, good morning. Welcome to you. I hope you indeed have had a good week. Just want to let you know in regards to the 2019 tax receipts, uh, they will be available next week for pickup, all right? So you can plan to see Keturah and the others at the table, and they'll hand those to you next week. You'll get them. And as Pastor Nick said, congratulations to many of you who are celebrating I think we missed somebody. Someone else, I I believe, has a birthday today, right, Stephanie? Someone has a birthday today? Stand on up. Did you hear what she said? She's 69 years old today, and she looks great. God bless you. God bless you, indeed. While three men were working at a construction site, and they were goofing around and fooling around and they, the three of them ended off falling off the ledge. Unfortunately, they fell off. Well, they ended up in hospital and all three of them stretched out in the same room. They woke up and the doctor came up to them and said, well, there's good news and there's bad news. The good news is that you'll be fine. You'll survive and you'll be fine. The bad news is that you can't talk or you'll die The first man spoke up and said, well doc, when will we be able to talk? Immediately he died The second man next to him said Didn't he hear the doctor say don't talk? (laughs) Few moments later He died as well. Well, the third man looked, saw his two co-workers dead, looked at the doctor and said, it's a good thing I didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) If you have your Bibles, would you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16? 1 Samuel chapter 16, and we will read from verses 1 to 13. And if you are able to, would you stand as we read God's word? 1 Samuel chapter 16, starting from verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed, When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shema, but Samuel said, Neither is this one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. "'Send for him at once,' Samuel said. "'We will not sit down to eat until he arrives.' So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. The Lord said, "'This is the one, anoint him.'" So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to hear from you and to be in your house. And indeed, God, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear from you, that you would help speak to us, Lord, and to be obedient to respond to your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. Have you ever thought about why, at the beginning of the year, we say, Happy New Year? At the beginning of the year, we tell people, Happy New Year, right? Well, what we're actually doing in telling people, Happy New Year, is saying, I wish that this year you will have a happy year, right? We're wishing them a happy year, or a healthy year, whatever it may be. So we want them to have a very happy year. Well, the title of my message is What I Wish For You This Year. And not only do I want you to be happy throughout this year and throughout your life, but there are so many more things that God has in store for each one of you and each one of us. And so from this passage of scripture, uh, I'm going to uh, select some of these things to say, this is what I wish for you this year. Well, the first thing is, this year I wish for you, number one, the ability to move on from the past. The ability to move on from the past. Now stick with me here. The Lord said to Saul, said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? The Lord had rejected Saul as king of Israel, and the people were mourning. And so was Samuel. And the Lord says, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find the man named Jesse who lives there. I have selected one of his sons to be my king. In other words, what God was basically saying to Samuel is... You've mourned for Saul, who was rejected as king. You've had your time to be down, to be out, to be disappointed. Now it's time to get up and go, move on. I have something better in store for you. I have something better in store for my people. In other words, it's time to move on. You see, in the same way in our lives, we may go through very disappointing and upsetting situations. And please understand, I am not talking about, in this sense, the loss of a loved one. So let's just make that clear right now. Because losing a loved one, losing a family member is very difficult, and it's something that we all deal with in different ways, and it takes time to get over. So this is not what I'm talking about here. I am talking about situations that we go through in life that come up, that can upset us, that can disappoint us, that can bring us down, that we often tend to hold on to, that we often tend to continue to look at, and it keeps us at a standstill. It keeps us from moving forward and moving on with what God has for us. And you may have gone through very disappointed things, maybe last year, maybe in the years before that, things like a relationship ending, failing a course that you took, a job just not working out for you, not making the team or being accepted, a friend who doesn't talk to you anymore, not getting into a certain school, a pay cut that you had to deal with, people who have gossiped about you, people who have maybe even taken advantage of your kindness an embarrassing situation that happened, having to give up something because you simply couldn't afford it anymore. There are so many different things that we have gone through, things that have upset us, things that have brought us down, things that could, if we allow it to, keep us from moving forward. And I believe this year, the Lord wants us to move forward. And so this year, I wish for you the ability to move on from the past, the ability to say to yourselves, I have mourned, I have grieved, I have let this thing upset me long enough, and now I need to deal with it and move on. I need to deal with it and let it go. I need to deal with it so that I can now enjoy my life and stop letting it bring me down. And so this year, may you find relief May you find release from that. May you find the ability to truly move on from the past. Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 and 19 tell us, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. The Lord says, see, I am doing a new thing. And this year, I believe he wants to do a new thing. This year, I believe God wants to do a new thing in you, around you, in your family. And will you allow him to? May this year truly be a year where you are able to move on from the past. So Samuel... Did as the Lord instructed him to do. He did exactly what it was the Lord told him to do in terms of getting up, filling his flask with the olive oil, and going and finding this man named Jesse. Verse 4 tells us, Samuel did as the Lord instructed. And this year, my wish for you also is that you would be obedient to the Lord's instructions. May you indeed be obedient to the Lord's instruction as he leads you, as he directs you, whatever he asks you to do, may you be obedient and willing to do and to carry out whatever he calls you to do. May indeed we strive to be people who follow God's instructions who follow his word, who follows the promptings of his Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes it can be difficult for us to just obey God because we may not understand why he's asked us to do something, why he's asked us to go somewhere, why he's asked us to give this or give this up or do that or take this there. We may not understand, but what our responsibility is is to trust and obey, to trust and obey God because he knows, he sees the bigger picture, he understands the things that we don't, and so our responsibility is truly to trust him and to obey him. And so this year, as you go through and live your life, this year I wish for you obedience to the Lord's instructions. So Samuel arrived in Bethlehem and he was met by the elders there and the elders then went with him. He told them in verse 5, purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And then it goes on to tell us about how he performed the purification ritual for Jesse and his sons, and invited them to the sacrifice as well. But this is interesting that he tells them, "Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice." In other words, what they needed to do before they went and were able to make a sacrifice before the Lord and to offer Him something, they needed to make sure that their hearts were right. They needed to make sure that they were clean, that their standing with God was right. And so they needed to purify themselves to make sure that everything in their lives and in their hearts were clean. And so this year, I wish for you a purified heart and life, a purified heart and and life, where you can truly say, God, I desire to be pure. I desire to be holy. I desire to live a life that is pleasing to you. You see, God is holy, and he desires for us to be holy as well. In fact, he says, be holy as I am holy. That's a pretty big strive, (laughs) to be holy as he is holy. And you see, we will never on this planet, in this universe, in this lifetime, achieve that kind of holiness that God is. But that is what we strive towards, and that is what we should strive towards on a daily basis. And so we need to ask God, Lord, help me to be holy. Lord, help me to live a holy life. Lord, forgive me of the things that I have done wrong In order for us to purify ourselves, we need to come before God humbly and understand that we need Him to help us, that we cannot do it on our own. And so in order for us to have a purified heart and life, we need to come and ask God to forgive us of the sin in our life. We need to ask God to help us to stop sinning intentionally, we need to ask God to help us to stay away from things that are causing us to sin, people that are causing us to sin, situations that are causing us to sin. We need to ask God to help us to get rid of bad habits and evil associates. We need to ask God to help us to stop lying or cheating. We need to ask God to help us to stop envying what other people have. We need to ask God to help us to be more like him every day because we need him. You see, in order for us to be pure and holy... We need to be imitators of Christ. We need to be people who see Christ and want to be like Him. You know, there are a lot of people who see, you know, movie stars and celebrities and, you know, then they start trends, whether it's fashion or th- phrases that they use, you know, words that they say or, or different things, how they look. And people strive to be like them because they're famous, because they're celebrities. We want to look like that. We want our hair to be like that. We want to try that out. We want to wear this. We want to talk like this because they do it. So we want to be like them. Every day we should strive more and more to be imitators of Jesus, to be like him, to talk the way that he talks, to live the way that he lives, to love the way that he loves, to sacrifice the way that he sacrificed. To be like him every day should be what we strive to do. And so this year I wish for you a purified heart and life. In Matthew chapter 5, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so may we be pure of heart. May we have a pure heart, a pure life. And indeed, may God give us clean hands to live the way he desires for us to live. Amen? Amen? Amen. So Jesse and his sons were invited to the sacrifice with Samuel and the elders. And when Samuel set eyes on Eliab, who was Jesse's eldest son, he thought to himself, surely this is the one God has chosen. He took one look at him and he probably was very tall and handsome and the way he looked and the way he carried himself and he thought he surely is the next king. He looks like a king. He walks like a king. Maybe he even smelt like a king. He truly would be the one that God has in store for him. But guess what? He wasn't the one that God had. He wasn't the one that God had chosen. And so it wasn't him. In fact, in verse 6, it says, When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You see, many times, whether we admit it or not, consciously or unconsciously, we judge people by what we see. We judge people by what we see, by how they look, by what they drive, by the brand that they wear, by the kind of purse that they carry, by the shoes that they wear, by the job that they have or the car that they drive, by the neighborhood they live in. We judge people by that. We formulate opinions of them. She has money. He has money. He doesn't have a good job. She has a good job. You know, all we have these opinions, whether we realize Realize it or not, but the Lord calls us to look at people differently. And so this year, I wish for you to see others the way the Lord sees them. To see others not the way we typically see people and we look at people, but to see them the way the Lord sees them. You see, God is not concerned about the type of things that we're concerned about. We're concerned about this and that and this and that, and most of the things that we're concerned about are temporary issues. The things that we have, the kind of clothes that we want to buy or the latest phone or the place, the next place we want to go on vacation or where we're going to eat dinner at or, you know, God is not concerned about the same things that we're concerned about. He, you see, he goes deeper. He sees the deepest things that we don't get to see. He looks at people and he goes right through them and he sees the depths of their heart and that is what he's concerned about. He's concerned about our thoughts thoughts and our motives. He's concerned about the way we live and the way we love. He's concerned about what is in our our minds and our hearts. That is what he's concerned about. The Lord looks at the heart. And so, although everyone else probably thought, for many reasons, Eliab being the eldest, being, you know, the tallest and the most handsome, would have been king, the Lord said, no, I've rejected him. I haven't chosen him. He's not going to be the next king. And so everyone was looking at him to be the next king, but he was not the one the Lord chose. You see, God is concerned about the condition of our heart. And when we ask the Lord to help us see people through his eyes, our perspectives will begin to change. The way we treat people will actually begin to change. When we start looking at people through the eyes of the Lord, the things that come into our minds and our hearts will start to change. We'll be more patient with the waitress at the restaurant when she doesn't bring our refill on time. We'll be more helpful to hold the door for the person behind us when their hands are full. We'll be more compassionate to someone who seems lonely and will go out of our way to say good morning. Good morning. We'll be more generous in letting people cut in front of us when we're in traffic. You see, when we start to see people through the eyes of the Lord, we'll be more willing to take time to actually listen to how people are doing and what they have to say and how they're feeling. You see, when we take time to see people through the eyes of the Lord, we'll be more willing to share with them and take that time to tell them about Jesus. When we see people through the eyes of the Lord, we start to look at them differently. And so may you be reminded this year, not only how much God loves you, but how much he loves this world, whether they know him or not. And our responsibility is to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to go out and not only tell people about Jesus, but to show them about Jesus through our words, through our deeds, through how we live, through the way that we conduct ourselves in every way possible. And so this year, I truly wish for you to see others the way the Lord sees them. So the Lord said to Samuel, it's not Eliab, he's not the one that I've chosen. And so one by one, Samuel's sons start to walk in front of, uh, sorry, Jesse's sons start to walk in front of Samuel, one by one. And so can you just imagine how each one of his sons must have felt? Okay, so Eliab goes and Samuel's standing there. So the next one, you know, he's walking. Samuel's not saying I'm the chosen one. Maybe I should slow down a little bit. You know, you sure? Okay, no, no. Okay, next one, you know, then you're walking, you know. Oh, is it me? Is it me? Or, you know, maybe one of them didn't even want to be king. But one by one, they start to walk, and he gets to the last one, and he says none of them have been chosen. It's not any of these ones. He even says to him, he says... Is this all that you have? Are these all the sons that you have? And, and Jesse stops and says, well, no, there, there's one more. But even the way that he, it comes across, it's like, but he wasn't invited because he's the youngest. He's out taking care of the sheeps and the goats and almost like, well, we figured he wouldn't have been selected anyways. So no one bothered to invite him to the sacrifice. And so they said, go bring him in, go bring him in and, and let's see if he's the one who's selected. So, you know, one of the brothers or servants or someone runs out, brings David in and remember he's working, he's with the sheeps and goats so he comes running in and he's all dirty and he's standing there and, you know, not dressed for the occasion and so they take one look at him and Samuel says, this is the one. This is the one. In verse 12, it says, So Jesse sent for him, and when he came in, it says he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes, and the Lord said, This is the one, anoint him. You see, he was the one who was chosen, the youngest. The one who had to take care of the sheep, therefore probably very unimportant in many people's eyes. No one bothered to invite him, but he was the one who was chosen. You see, on this day, David received his promotion. He received his promotion, and this year I wish for you the peace to know that your promotion is coming. The peace to know that your promotion is coming. What I mean by that is that not just talking about a job promotion, but your promotion in life. Just look at your life and you may say, I don't know how things are going to get better. I don't know how I'm going to get through this situation. I don't know if I'm ever going to amount to anything. I don't know if my circumstances are going to change. When we look at even just David's life, and when we look at so many examples in the Bible, we see that we serve a God who is able to change our situations, that we serve a God who is able to turn things around for us. And even though you may be in a season right now of your life where things may not be the best, where it may not be exactly where you want it to be, may you have the peace to know that your promotion is coming, that things are going to change. When we look at one season to the next, we cannot judge it. In one season, David was a shepherd. The next, he was a king. In one season, Ruth was working in a field. The next, she owned that same field. In one season, Mordecai was sitting outside of the palace The next season, he was inside the palace. God is able to change our situations. Your promotion is coming. This year, believe that. Ask the Lord to help you, that your promotion is coming. From struggling to make ends meet to having more than enough to save, from having a job you hate to having a job that you love waking up to go to, from being temporary to being permanent, from being a miss to being a missus, from from being husband and wife, to being mother and father, from assistant to president, from sick to healthy, from weak to strong, from the bottom to the top, whatever it may be, trust the Lord and believe your promotion is coming. So to everyone's surprise, including David's, he was anointed as the next king over Israel. In verse 13, it says, so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil, and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on, and then Samuel returned to Ramah. This year, my wish for you is also that the spirit of the Lord would come upon you in a powerful way that the spirit of the Lord would come upon you in a powerful way. David had the power of God's spirit with him from that day on. Now, this is especially significant because in the Old Testament, the spirit of God was not permanently with people. And this is what I mean. The spirit of the... The Spirit of God would come upon people and would come to people when they needed it the most in different situations to lead them, to help them accomplish a task, to help them get through something that they were doing. You know, the Spirit of God would come for a certain amount of time and then leave them when that time was complete, when that time um, whatever the situation was complete or that task had been done. So for David to have the Spirit of God from that day on meant that the Spirit stayed with him. As Christians, as believers today, we have the Spirit of God living in us and working in us. We have that Spirit of God not only externally but internally with us. And that's God's promise to us. But for David to have God's spirit at that time in the Old Testament showed that God's favor was upon him, that God's spirit was truly with him. And my prayer for you this year is that not only would you experience God's spirit, but that you would experience it in a powerful way, that as his spirit comes upon you, that you would experience change, that you would experience breakthroughs, that you would experience life as you've never experienced before, that you would experience peace and love and joy and all of the things that only God is able to give and fill you with, that you would experience new revelations from God, that you would experience boldness to share the gospel. This year, may you truly experience God's spirit in a powerful powerful way. Whatever it may be in your life, may God truly help to change and to transform each one of us. And maybe you've never experienced God's spirit at all. Today could be the day where you truly make that decision to accept him, to repent of your sins, and to ask his Holy Spirit to come into your life. Not only do I wish for you to have a happy year this year, but my wish for you is that this year you would have the ability to move on from the past, that you would be obedient to the Lord's instructions, that you would have a purified heart and life, that you would see others the way the Lord sees them, that you would have the peace to know that your promotion is coming and that the Spirit of the Lord would come upon you in a powerful way. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed we thank you for your word. We thank you, O God, for your blessing that has gone before us and for the things that you have prepared for us that no eye has seen, that no ear has heard, that no mind can know. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. We thank you for who you are. And indeed, God, we pray for your blessing. We pray for your help. We pray for your guidance. We pray that you would go with us and go before us, O God. We thank you for all of the promises for all of the lessons that we've learned. And we just pray that you would walk with us and guide us. We pray that your will would be done, that you would have your way in our lives, and that above all, you would be glorified in every situation and in everything that we do. And so God, may you be with us and may you continue to empower us and to help us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Would you stand?